Yep, man. Perfect. Hi everyone, my name is Hannah, my pronouns are they, them, you are once again listening to a podcast on queer folks' favorite tunes. Thank you so much for listening, this is Queer Sounds. Um, I think this is the first time I've got a guest from a country where being queer is literally illegal. So um, yeah, prepare yourself for that, like consider this a content warning. But yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that. Um, but apart from that, of course, we're going to talk about uh, the amazing, amazing, wonderful, lovely pop hits as well. But without, you know, getting everything out of the way before the conversation even started, let me introduce you to our lovely guest for today. Hi there, Mitty. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great, Hannah. Thank you very much. Uh, it's so great to be here with you and to participate in a podcast that celebrates queer music. And I'm very excited to be here with you today. Just for the record, what are your pronouns? Uh, my pronouns are he, him. And uh, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a proper introduction. Hi there. Uh, I'm starting a new <laughs> job. My name is this. My pronouns are this. And I'm queer. Let there be no mistake. <laughs> well, uh, well, my name is Neji, as you said. I'm from Morocco. I'm uh, based in Casablanca, but I study and live in Kenitra. Uh, and uh, I am uh, 22 years old. And I'm a gay, uh, queer part of the Moroccan community. <laughs> and also I work with an NGO that helps progress rights and uh, help work on the gender equality in the, in the Moroccan uh, region and help uh, Moroccan youth, specifically youth uh, that are part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I thought you also still uh, go to college. Is that is that true? Like, what what do you study? What did you study? Yes, uh, I am still in college. I'm studying for my master's. I'm on my fourth year, and I'm majoring in international business and marketing. So, um, with college life, you think of like busy campuses, um, and when you're considering a western american slash european perspective you're also thinking of like a lot of bars a lot of fraternities a lot of socializing uh is that is that um stereotypical image of college the college experience comparable to its moroccan equivalent uh i really really don't think so it's nothing like i don't know if it's what's actually going on in movies and stuff because i've watched movies and like fraternities and all but that's not the case at all in morocco in morocco it's kind of pretty chill i mean uh, there's only like a, uh, like the the board of students of course but, but uh, uh, about socializing you basically go to school and you choose the people you're friends with it's very very uh, very normal i guess <laughs> all right yeah, not, just... not not that's uh, that's it's not normal elsewhere but it's just like very basic and normal very low key 
very low-key exactly everyone is going there to to study and everyone is uh, going there to to only study the people who are not interested in attending class they're doing other things with their lives but the people who are actually there mostly are there to study all right we'll dive into the entire um conversation around socializing uh, somewhere further down the episode but first let's get a song going i wanted to call it low-key but i'm not entirely sure if that's the right word for it it's one of the slower songs it's not as it's it's but but still very dramatic first song for today it's halo by beyonce remember those walls i built well baby they tumbling down and they didn't even put up a fight they didn't even make the sound i found a way to But I never really had a doubt Standing in the light of your halo I got my angel now It's like I've been awakened Every rule I had you breaking It's the risk that I'm taking I ain't never gonna shut you out Yeah, uh, Halo, Beyonce from the year 2008. Um, for me personally, um, not a great year for music, but um, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't even remember other than this track, what was released in 2008. I'm more of a 2007, 2006 type of person, but that's just me. Um, so why did you uh, select Halo by Beyonce for this, uh, for the show today? Because I remember it's like one of the first uh, English American songs that I had to memorize and that I really, really loved and enjoyed listening to. And I used to enjoy singing too. I don't sing as much as I used to do when I was in uh, I, when I was younger, but I, I really, really loved her music and I just loved her presence and how she dared to be who she was in front of everyone. And even though it, even though it's kind of looked at differently from my community, I always admired that, you know, because uh, obviously I'm not saying that it's the majority, but a lot of people are still religious in Morocco and a lot of people still uh, think that a woman should, you know, not show off her 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 beauty you know they 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 want uh, they want women to to like cover some parts of their bodies and Beyonce was just there not giving a single damn about what anyone thinks dancing and expressing herself freely and I just I just really loved it was Beyonce like a, a personal idol for you in that sense uh, I would say the idol <laughs> was Nicki Minaj. Like, no one is going to take her spot or her place. I really, really love Nicki. But I, I, I loved Beyonce as well. I loved her music. I loved, I loved her very, very much. Have you, watched the, have you watched the Super Bowl performance? 
her Super Bowl performance? Oh, uh, I think I have at some point, but I do not remember it from the top of my head. Yeah, it was very, very, very amazing. It was just like the kind of content that just blows your mind, you know? You're not even there and you're like actually screaming. <laughs> amazing. Um, what, what made you like this song in the first place? Like what, what was your life like back in 2008? Uh, I I was young, you know. I was like so like I was I was an eight, uh I was literally eight years old. I discovered Beyonce like right afterwards, not in two thousand eight specifically. I discovered her around the age of eleven, twelve. You know, that's when I really started getting into her music and her stuff. And what introduced or who introduced you to Beyonce? Actually, YouTube, YouTube. I think it was just YouTube. I was listening to some Nicki songs, and then it popped up, and so I clicked on it, and uh, I really, really, really loved it. And the lyrics are kind of simple, you know. They're very easy, very soothing to hear. The song is beautiful. I, I, I still love it. I've been listening to it for years now, and I would still enjoy it if it's on. So, uh, you know, you being into Nicki Minaj, you being into Beyonce, being a young queer kid, um, what, what, was, what was that like? Like, did you liking Beyonce and Nicki Minaj, did, did your relatives see that as a sign of some sort? Because, I don't know, I'm just playing into stereotypes here and I don't intend to do, but was you seeing Beyonce like some type of realization thinking like oh my god yes I love this and I don't really care if this is a trope mm -hmm. well that was exactly like it you basically described what was going on like uh yes I was kind of picked at I, w I wouldn't say bullied but I I'm pretty sure a lot of people guessed that I was gay because of my music taste because I listened to females rapping and females singing and uh, the other dudes were just listening to French rap you know and French music so yeah, it always looked odd in their eyes. I it's it was always like uh, a way to assume my sexuality, assume who I am as a person, and uh, it's I I get it. It's uh, it's cool. <laughs> what were what was your what was your parents' reaction? Uh, my parents. Well, my mom thinks uh, I'm uh, really, really, really attracted to black women. <laughs> she thinks I have a preference. <laughs> Which I do, but not that way, mom. Because I never, I never really had an official coming out with my parents. Uh, everything was always low key. We never actually had a concrete conversation where I was, I faced them with the truth. Basically, because I know they're very, very religious people. I come from a very, very religious background, and uh, they're not the people that would actually understand or digest the information normally they're not the people they're always they're the, they're the kind of people who's always going to think about god and think about me going to hell and they love me very much they love me dearly so they wouldn't want that to happen to me and uh, the the even the their homophobia like my mom had 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 a gay friend but still she's like kind of worried that i'm gonna go to hell afterwards so i try to steer away out of that profile and i try to basically show them what they want to see it's not that complicated it's very simple but i i, I really don't want to hurt them and i don't want to risk anything to happen to my parents yet here you are talking about your sexuality 
in an internationally listened to podcast while also working at an organization that actively fights for queer rights how how do you how do you combine those things oh i think i'm gonna i'm gonna basically uh, give credits to my background because i grew up in Kaza. i grew up in a in a, a city uh, where uh, where men are supposed to be you know like men it's very 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 confusing and fucked up and gender rules kind of reign supreme on our society sadly uh yep i see a lot of a lot of members of the community trying to make progress but and it's gonna come at some point we're going there getting their baby steps but yeah as i said i grew up i had straight friends i uh, studied in schools with uh, i wouldn't say like i don't know the proper word to use it but i studied with some very very like uh, harsh like very manly uh, kids who were very very weird and who would bully you if you act a certain way so it's like i had no choice and i just like coped with them I, I would say I'm a social chameleon, you know, like my, the way you're going to see me and the way I'm going to be depends on like who I'm going to be sitting with. It's kind of weird and it's like you have this double personality, but I feel like I'm <laughs> I'm doing great so far. Like everyone is satisfied. My gay friends are satisfied. My my friends, my ally friends are satisfied and my my the people who don't really who wouldn't who wouldn't accept homosexuality or any part of the LGBT community are I deal with them differently. I try to give them what they see to not get into any interaction or whatsoever right um so uh the organization that you mentioned the ngo that uh the one that kasbah talfin yes it's kasbah talfin yep it's kasbah talfin so it's a uh a feminist slash queer rights organization in morocco um what is it that you what what you do within that organization well we basically try to swift the narratives and try to uh, to change people's mindsets basically educate people you know as simple as that basically try to get the information to them try to make them understand that Uh, people from the community are normal people and that all the ideas they have in their heads are, are basically not true which is very hard because a lot of people are i wouldn't say brainwashed but they believe in religion so much that they they wouldn't even like open up their minds for a tiny bit and try to get the bigger the bigger picture that's mainly the problem and yeah so what we try to do we're very active on our social media page we try to to post educate people about about the 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 different types of the community and how it works and uh, we also uh, released the first uh, uh, queer comic books in Darija in Arabic dialect Moroccan dialect and we released we published them uh, this year uh, it was amazing so far it was like the first comic books that were talking explicitly about queer people and uh, it was very nice we also had uh, another project called narratives of change 
where we tried to uh, contact people who uh, face gender roles on uh, almost an everyday basis and who uh, who work in fields where they, they, they constantly do that. And we tried to get a hold of them and we had some interviews with them so uh, we can uh, get a, and get an idea of gender roles and what they actually mean for them and what we could possibly do to help improve things in our country. So when you say help improve things, like what is the current state of queer rights in Morocco? If you could give us a quick rundown. Uh, yes. Uh, well, as uh, I said before, same-sex uh, acts are considered unnatural. And uh, some people even may even look... I'm, I'm not talking legally right now, is it okay? Yeah, no. Well, um, I'm largely like wondering the changes you are trying to make with the organization does that have like legal consequences are you hoping to change any laws well for now yeah we're definitely hoping to change the the penal code the the, the 489 article of the penal code of morocco because it's criminal it criminalizes uh, the uh, same-sex acts and uh, same sexual activity uh, and is looked at as illegal in Morocco and can be punished with anything from three to to five years, if I remember right, five years of imprisonment and uh, also a fine of 1,200 dirhams, basically 120 euros. Uh, and the, the the Moroccan government basically uses this law uh, as a way to uh, to police the members of the LGBTQ plus community. And when one is arrested in Morocco, he is uh, for for a suspected homosexual act. Their name uh, becomes uh, publicized out in them to basically everyone. So and the legal, uh, as I said before, the legal status of our of our uh, uh, of LGBT people of our community in Morocco uh, is basically based of traditional Islamic morality. Could you um, elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, yes, well, the Islamic uh, morality of, about homosexuality, it's basically, it views homose homosexuality as, as uh, and, and uh, like, they, they also compare it to cross-dressing. It's very, uh, very, very low, the way, uh, the way they look at homosexuality. And it's looked at also as a sign of immorality. And if you're, have, if you're doing same-sex ac uh, activity, it's, uh, and also about uh, the way that Islam views homosexuality. There's basically this verse in Quran where there's a story stated about uh, some people who lived really, really, really back, uh, who go way, way, way back before our before Muhammad, peace be upon him, the uh, the the Muslim prophet, and uh, yeah, so the, it was basically a population of people who who as as said in the Quran verses chose to uh, to to fool around with men instead of women this is how i quote quran uh, this is not exactly the verse but it's basically what they say and so they basically chose men instead of women and they weren't very good people they used to talk about each uh, to to back talk each other to badmouth uh, 
one another they uh, they uh, they were thieves in some kind of way too and so god took them and flew them to the sky flew the entire village to the sky he uh, he then turned them around and flipped them over uh, like head to head to toes and he flipped them over down to the ground and that was the end of the population there was they had a prophet as well i don't really recall the name but this is basically the homosexual story that is present in the quran that talks about homosexuality and so yeah i feel like that story is also in like the the bible like the traditional story of sodom and gomorrah uh in Qur- in the Quran it's mentioned as a, a guy called Dulqarnain someone who had two horns a guy who had a helmet with two horns that was their prophet so basically that's the story and so it was criminalized by god how can humans and islam believers muslim people how can they uh how can they disagree you know since it's god's words so basically this is how they view it and they view it as a sign of immorality and they look at it as cross-dressing um so in the netherlands and i reckon all, all over the world or at least like in western western europe and the us queer people are being used to enforce like racist legislation under the guise of we must protect uh, our our good old queers from muslim migrants um but with you telling this story and like this perception of the way Moroccans view queer people are you saying they're right uh, of course i'm not saying it's right uh i'm not saying all moroccans view it the same way well, what i just mentioned that was the the vision of islam but how moroccan people see it it's just uh, uh someone who disrespects their sel- uh, their their selves and someone who is uh, not trying to keep their family name clean and not trying to trying to give the family a very bad reputation because in morocco we still believe uh, people people really really care about what other people think of them and they always care about their vision their image uh, in front of people so they don't want to look bad in front of everyone and so yeah so uh, there's the term hishuma which basically means uh, what does hishuma mean uh, it basically means like shame you know like shame uh, shameful you know something that's very shameful and that's they're not supposed to be proud of and that that shouldn't be existent to begin with so yeah that's how it's looked at and not by all moroccans like i feel like there's some kind of progress with the generations that are coming the new generations are more accepting and i think representation for that because now on uh, everywhere on the media on netflix on music videos wherever you go you're going to find representation concrete representations of queer people and people from the lgbtq plus community so they get to digest it kind of easily the more they see that the more normal it's gonna become for them and uh, yeah so that's pretty much how i view it and the the how the new generations are kind of more accepting than the other ones all right speaking of some lovely queer representation let's get an example on the show here's track number two favorite queer artist troy savon a track of you how could you ever leave Without a chance to try How can I be sorry If I don't know the crime I should be mad Cause you never told me why Still I can't seem to say goodbye Ooh, yeah. 
When I try to fall back, I fall back to you. Yeah. When I talk to my friends, I talk about you. Yeah. When the Hennessy's fall, I see it's you. While the track was playing, we had a little bit of a conversation because suddenly it hit you like, damn, I am out in the open talking about my queerness in a, in a, in a piece of media that's going to be published on the internet. And it kind of seemed like you got overwhelmed. How, how are you doing right now? Um, I'm doing great. I feel like I'm ready at this point. It's, I'm not gonna lie and say it's easy because it's not. And it's mainly not easy because of my family. I really, really care about my family and I love them dearly and I know they love me as well. And I'm sure coming out to them or having them see me for, for who I am, sadly, is just gonna bring them pain. It's not gonna bring them anything. And uh, they still have three other younger siblings to raise, so I, I'm not gonna risk it for the world. And I, I still wanna have them in my life and I love them very, very much. So I'm not doing anything to to risk to risk that, and I I'm pretty sure my mom wouldn't listen to the podcast because first of all she wouldn't type queer sound on the, <laughs> <laughs> on any device you know she doesn't even know what the word queer stands for so uh, I feel safe. <laughs> all right, how do you feel like being? Uh, out in the open instead like instead of like specifically aimed to your to your family like it's gonna be out there mm, yeah, definitely it is gonna be out there and I'm not scared of anyone who's gonna have anything to say about me I I didn't mention this earlier in college but once I came to college it was like a new start for me you know I'm like okay I know who I am and I'm gonna be exactly who I am if people like it it's cool if not I don't really care and so I was pretty much known as the gay kid of the, the the college everyone knew i was gay whenever i was walking there was like a rainbow right on top of my head you know so it was it was very 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 nice i never never got hated on or i don't i don't know about what people say behind my back you know i don't listen and i don't really really care i've heard like back talking whatsoever but it's just people who can't really mind their fucking business you know uh, other than that i never received any hate even though i was very 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 gay in school and i uh, wasn't close with with straight people or people who wouldn't necessarily agree with me as as who i am you know so i didn't really pay them no mind i was the kind of uh, the kind of uh, college student who would just like be nice to everyone you know and i was so extroverted <laughs> when i first joined high school i i used to talk to basically everyone and i was very social and very happy just like a uh, positive energy pump you know i'm just there spreading positivity and <laughs> that's pretty much it spreading my gayness around <laughs> it sounds like you're also talking more freely right now like uh, you sound relieved 
Yeah, 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 definitely, I am because uh, uh, I, I, it, it was, it was kind of hard at first when I was in high school. I always used to hide who I am, and of course, I hide it from my family and uh, some close people to me who I know wouldn't really understand because I'm not out to everyone in my life, everyone that I have in my life. I still deal with people who who don't know. Uh, that part about me and it's totally fine it's not something that i have to talk about with everyone it doesn't have to be public you know and it's not the only thing that defines me so uh yeah i i get along just well with them they have no idea absolutely no idea and as i said i think my background for this because it's like i was i i grew up being like that and then when the 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 gayness hit me i was i was still like able to do both you know <laughs> Right. So, um I love saying the word gayness. It feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad you're feeling you're feeling at ease. Um you're you're talking about having that big old rainbow on your forehead. Um did did that make socializing in college more difficult or easier? Well, I got along with girls just fine. <laughs> I got I really got along with girls but it dep- but on with boys I I I I don't I didn't really like having a lot of male friends to be honest like most of my friends are girl girls and the uh, the few straight friends of mine that I have that are part of uh, that that are still friends with me are basically people who who either accept me for who they are who I who I am or people who just mind their business you know and try to not stick their noses in other people's businesses no so, what, I, what what I what I was like trying to say like it it kind of touches upon what we talked about earlier right there's no fraternities there are no bars is there like in college or in your general environment a safe is a safe space for queer people to hang out Oh, oh yeah, definitely. The we 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 I I would say we have some kind of gay coffee shops, and it's basically coffee shops where people just come to drink their coffee, smoke their cigarettes, and it's mainly people from the community. Like you can tell once you step a foot inside the coffee, you your your gay lawyer is just like. <laughs> like the dec- detecting people you know <laughs> and so yeah this, i basically got to know uh, some of those coffee shops and i got to meet and hang out with a lot of people from the community and it's kind of a safe space you know even the waiters there and the people who work there are really really minding their business and they 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 don't mind that queer people are actually sitting are actually grouping up and sitting in their coffee shops i even remember this one time where like I, I was introduced to to the coffee shop and I had to like come up to to sit in the coffee shop with my friends with my new friends that I just met who who showed me the coffee shop and I had to literally say hi to like a kiss kiss on the cheek because that's how we say hi in Morocco so I had to kiss the cheek of like 50 person I guess because I had to say hi to basically everyone in the in the coffee shop and it was so nice I felt so safe and I'm like okay there's a community you know I was I was blown it's like someone just yelling to the bartender hey we've got another one 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. And what's funny about it is that these this kind of spots is kind of hidden. You know, they're not out in the open. And if you're not part of the community, you wouldn't really you. And if you're not dig inside the community within the community, it's very hard for you to find these kind of places. So yeah, it's pretty much it. So you basically need a friend to show you those places. Exactly. You definitely need someone to show you those places. You can't find them uh, by yourself. I didn't find them until I was like 17, I guess, 17, 18, until I started college. That's when I started digging into the community more and I tried to like know more because back when I was in, I was living with my parents and when I was studying in high school, it was basically like all I knew was like the mosque and the school, you know. I was a very, very good, disciplined kid. My parents found no problems raising me. I was very chill, very easygoing. And uh, yeah, after once, once I decided to go to college uh, and live in another city by myself, I'm like, okay, it's time to experience new things and it's time to discover myself and know who I am as a person. Mm. Is there something that could give away this type of coffee shop? Like when you come in, when you walk in there as an unsuspecting straight person, um, I reckon you don't have like these coffee shops, they don't have like a uh, rainbow wallpaper. Um, but is there still a little sign how you can recognize them? Actually, they're kind of hidden. Like you wouldn't even know how to get there if you don't, if you don't know that it's there to begin with. You know, it's they. They're usually kind of hidden with like a weird entries. You know, like the one I I usually go to back in my hometown, back in Kaza. It's like this coffee shop called uh, Antique, and uh, so basically you have to like enter by a door and go upstairs like walk upstairs in the in the building and then you find the coffee shop with balconies and everything you know so it's a very sneaky um sneaky community like a, a real underground experience yep definitely the coffee shops are the coffee shops are but some people dare to be who they are and dare to go out in the streets with makeup you know Right, but you know, um, if if there are like any queer people, um, either in Morocco or if there are any queer people or you know um, uh, queer folks, young queer folks living in Northern Africa in general, like, do you have any tips for them as to how to find such a queer safe space? I say, try to get to know someone from the community. Try to be friends with someone from the community who would guide you within it, you know. Uh, I would say try to get to know more, more people, more, more people from your community. And uh, that's how I got to know it. So I don't know if there's any other way to actually get into, know, know that kind of places. So what I say is socialize and try to get out of your comfort zone and make a gay friend, you know. <laughs> a gay friend who knows more and who can guide you through it right yeah find uh find a queer elder maybe like uh, someone who's been around the block yeah not necessarily elder but but yeah does age play a role in this because you know um in like bars in, in gay bars and gay clubs alcohol is a role uh, alcohol plays a huge role maybe a too big of a role and with that you know there there, there comes the necessarily dr the, the the drinking age plays a part in this uh, do you feel like um, 
taking away uh, alcohol from the equation is like a positive, like creates a more positive experience for younger queer folks as well? Uh, I mean, not necessarily. It's It works out just fine. And it's, yeah, it's definitely positive and, uh, and all. But I don't think a bar would be allowed to have like crowded gay people, you know? I'm not saying that bars are not always gay-friendly. There's some gay-friendly bars, but I'm not saying they're gay bars, you know? You would find, like, one, two, or three gay people there. But it's not, like, a full-on gay bar. Like the ones you guys have. All right, so um, what, I w- what I was trying to ask is, uh, in a coffee shop, alcohol doesn't really play that much of a role. It, are these coffee shops, because of this... Um, a safer space for like the younger queer kids because you don't need to be of drinking age to go there uh yes definitely i perfectly agree even though drinking is uh is not that common in morocco either because it's uh, it's forbidden in islam uh muslim people are not supposed to drink it's uh, haram basically and uh i'm not saying that moroccan people and muslim people don't consume it they do but it's still looked at in uh, in a in a very uh, critical, weird uh, way, uh, not modern way at all. And so, really, alcohol doesn't really play a big of a deal in 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 the Moroccan community, you know. Right. Yeah. So, um, drinking in Morocco, it's not illegal, but it's frowned upon. Exactly. Like if a police officer catches you outside with a bottle, he would take the bottle and he would take you to like sleep, spend a night in jail. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of strict. It doesn't always happen, but it sometimes does. And uh, restaurants and bars, uh, you have to be 18 to get in. 18 is the legal drinking age in Morocco. Uh, you uh, earlier mentioned like to find a queer safe space you need to socialize and find some queer friends. Um, but at the same time, um, there is also like this taboo on being queer in Morocco. How do you combine these two things? How do you go about this? Is there like some secret password or like a secret code that queer people would be like, hey, do you also tie your shoelaces like this? And then you know they're queer. Um, there is a taboo on being queer. So how do you make queer friends? Oh yeah. So basically, uh, we we have Grinder and Tinder on our in our country. It works perfectly. And even though there's uh, a lot of drama that had happened uh, d- during the quarantine. Hi, this is editing Hannah. Um, I decided to cut this next section because it describes a pretty horrific scene of people forcefully being outed to their families, to their loved ones. It included some transphobia and. Uh, quite a lot of other trigger warnings but yeah um, uh, on, on the upside this story uh, comes up because it did it did lead to better privacy regulations in dating apps I will put some links in the show notes if you want to read into it but for now I feel like it's not my job to bother you with this because it's not a pleasant story all right back to the show that sounds like a heavy story. I, I I read about this, but I didn't expect it to come up in this uh, in this episode. But you know, if if something like that happened to through like queer socializing apps, like how um, how can you do? Do you have any tips on how to keep it safe? 
Oh uh, well, uh, I would say it's safe for now. Personally, I'm not. I'm not someone who usually uses grinder. I'm so not the grinder type. I <laughs> and uh, but I've been on it and I've made amazing friends on it. I really got to know a lot of people, uh, a lot of very 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 different kinds of people. You know, it's kind of amazing. I even dated a guy that I met on Tinder and it on Grinder and it lasted for for about two years. So yeah, it's it is a safe space to communicate and to get to know one another as long as you keep it safe and uh, on Grinder. It's quite common for people to not use their their, their actual real names. They even use fake names. That's how much uh, <laughs> unsafe it is. And they don't even they, they they it's very you're not never gonna find the profile with a picture unless it's someone who's very comfortable with her sex with their sexuality and someone who doesn't uh, doesn't care about anyone's opinion. You know. <laughs> like you you can find it very hard to even get to talk to people on those apps because most people of the community are are repressed and uh, and it's sad but they get that toxicness on one another instead of trying to improve things and make things better they uh, they they just keep dragging each other's down this is why i don't use grinder so yeah no i feel like it's uh, you're absolutely right it's important to amplify you know go out there but be safe uh, for now, let's uh, let's let's take some time to update our dating profiles and uh, listen to some music. Uh, this is a track called "As I Am" by her. It's like the morning time. Don't wanna wake up. I just wanna stay in bed. But if I'm next to you, I'm looking forward to just laying in this bed. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that never gets old. Promise you'll never let go. I don't want no one else. So we should be chilling back. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So tell me that, tell me that, tell me I'm the best I am. I be feeling like yes I am, I am. You know I'm the best I am. Be a fool and not take me as I am. Tell me I'm the best I am. I be feeling like yes I am, I am. You know I'm the best I am. You be a fool and not take me as I am. Track number three, As I Am by Her. We've talked about uh, basically every aspect of your personal queer experience in Morocco. But hey, this is a music podcast after all. Uh, We've listened to uh, three tracks so far. Um, But I feel like Troy Sivan is the one that really resonates with you most. Mm, he definitely is. I would definitely say so. I actually discovered the uh, Troy Sivan around the time that I discovered the uh, 
my sexuality basically and so it's like he came for my rescue you know i'm like this gay confused kid who doesn't have any gay friends and who doesn't have any concrete representation within within his community of of uh, any representation of lgbt people you know of queer people uh, and it was very very hard and watching his videos listening to his music uh, it's just it was just like clarity you know i'm like yeah definitely that's me i'm gay you know like this is it finally it's it's totally fine it's totally normal and even like the songs that he used to sing about and uh, the 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 album that i was really obsessed with is blue neighborhood it was his first uh, album and uh, it's it's basically talks about being gay and it talks about the struggle so he was in love with this guy who uh, whose father was not uh, not accepting and not supportive and he was also abusive so he decided to uh, to to stop being gay and he basically stopped seeing Troy on the music video and he started seeing this other girl and then it gets sad and his father dies but they're still not together so yeah, I really, really loved, loved that album. And I, I, I still love it. I still do. Um, how did you find out about Troy Sivan? Uh, well, actually, I was, I was really, really obsessed with, some, with a few YouTubers at a time. I used to watch YouTubers a lot, and uh, he popped up this one time with on a on a collaboration with a YouTuber that uh, that was really funny. He was he was gay too. <laughs> His name is Tyler Oakley, and uh, yeah, once I. Uh I I I saw him and I started like listening to his music and I started watching his videos more. I was just like obsessed, you know. <laughs> I'm surprised to hear the name Tyler Oakley because dang, that's a throwback. Yeah, definitely, definitely is. How would you describe your music consumption on like a day-to-day -day basis? Uh well, I use Spotify. So that's basically how I use, uh, how I listen to music, uh, on YouTube as well. Do you listen a lot? Uh, definitely, yeah. I listen a lot. I'm always, I always need to have my headphones with me. Uh, music, uh, kind of sets the mood. You know, plays a huge role in the way the way I feel personally. Like when I put on some like my headphones and I listen to a, a song that I really enjoy, I'm just like in the moment and I'm I'm feeling the song and it can it can literally switch my mood <laughs> and it goes both ways it's either bad way or in a bad way or in a good way but yeah i i love music and i really really enjoy it i feel like with um beyonce troy Sivan and her we've got a pretty neat pretty neat average of what your favorite uh type of music is would you would you agree with that like is this representative for the artists that you listen to on a day-to-day -day basis uh, I would say Nikki, Troy Sivan, and her. All right, all right. So um, her being like an artist that hit it big more recently, uh, Troy Sivan, who bursted onto the scene around like seven years ago. Nikki uh, has been around since forever. Like are the, like we've got we've got like three different eras. I feel like. Um, how did your taste in music change over time? 
Uh, I don't know, but I f- still feel like I really appreciate uh, R&B slash soul music right now at the moment. I, I, I love uh, female black women uh, R&B music and also they rap <laughs> like i really really love them and i i, I stand for them and uh, yeah that's pretty much it what uh what makes uh, r&b soul performed by black women stand out to you uh it's basically the 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 raspy and the strong voice the, the raspiness of it all you know i just i just really really i find it very soothing and very very nice to hear And then on the other end, you've got this uh, twink of a Troy Sivan, if I may call him that. Like, <laughs> are there any, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, are, the, are, are there any similarities between black women and Troy Sivan? It sounds like such a dumb question, but I'm going to plow on through it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Troy sings uh, some pop too sometimes, you know, it's not that far. Uh, yep, the, 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 the artists is the artists are very different and the genres in general are nothing alike. But in my defense, I would say that Troy Sivan listens to black queens as well. So, yeah, <laughs> he's, uh, he's like a huge fan of, of Beyonce, too. Do you do you remember the first time you got in touch with pop music? Um, is there is there a specific memory where you think where where you remember starting to like music? Uh yeah 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 definitely I do, and uh, that was around the uh, the age of you know ten uh, eleven. That's when I found out the. Uh, I found Nikki out. I didn't even know that I wasn't straight. I just like found the the the, the music vi- her music video uh, of Super Bass, and I was just obsessed. I I I was looking at the way she was rapping words and how it sounded so good, and I I didn't even I was learning to talk English at the time. Uh, I, sadly, we don't get to learn English properly in, in our schools. It's kind of marginalized. We study English, uh, we study French and Arabic, and then we start studying English. So, so yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, Nikki, with her rap, she really helped me learn English because I was trying, to, I was always trying to learn all of her rap verses, trying to rap them, and you have to be fast and you have to be like on uh, right on the beat, you know. So that really, really helped me out to 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 speak English more fluently and to to have more of an American type of accent. <laughs> uh, well, so far I can confirm that helped perfectly fine. How did you find out about Nikki? YouTube too. It's just YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Oh wow! Yeah, consistent. I- <laughs> yep I, I, well i would say i was a lo- i'm a loyal user of youtube i've been using it for years and it's pretty pretty common in morocco as well like even housewives and uh, old uh, old grandmothers and like grandfathers like my grandmother uses youtube you know to watch videos or on youtube so it's pretty pretty common in morocco so you know um you started your way into pop music through Nikki um uh, but uh, you know we're we're about 12 years further down the line 
Did did something change over time? Oh yeah, definitely changed. Uh, a lot has uh, has definitely changed. I mean, I still I still really enjoy her music, even though uh, I don't really enjoy the the new music as much as I old the old, I love the old music back when she was crazy and she had all of these different colored wigs and she had she literally had this total different personality called Roman, where she basically gets possessed by this the this demon that's called Roman and she starts rapping and like being crazy. I used to love it so so much uh she doesn't do that as much as she used to but ever since nikki like i've been i listened to uh, to to a lot of artists i could say uh adele i was obsessed with adele i mean i still am don't get me wrong she just like dropped music and it's it's so beautiful and it's, and it's so amazing and uh i uh, got into uh, liking uh Taylor Swift as well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very honest. I got to like Taylor Swift. I was kind of obsessed with her as well while growing up. I uh, then started like getting into uh, more chill music, like Charlotte Cardin. I don't know if you've ever heard her. To be honest, no, not really. I'm sorry. Yeah, Charlotte Cardin. She's uh, she's French, and uh, I was get I started getting into uh, both uh, English and French music. Uh, what's what's very funny about what I listen to is that most artists I listen to are females. I don't listen to much male uh, male artists, to be honest. <laughs> Fair. Before we before we sign off, is there something that you still need to get off your chest? Something that you you want to leave the audience with? Uh yeah, well, I would definitely say be proud of who you are and embrace yourself, embrace your 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 flaws. Your difference makes you beautiful and uh, basically what what's what makes you different is what makes you special. So just be yourself and love yourself and embrace yourself and hey, I didn't think I would be here like out publicly talking to you out in the open uh with the no filter on uh, nothing. I feel I feel amazing and i feel super comfortable and i want to thank you hannah for for letting me take parts with you uh, on the podcast it was very fun and uh, yeah that's pretty much it my pleasure it, it i'm still amazed by the difference between um before and after we played troy savan like you 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 sound so much more relaxed uh you talked so much more openly um, it took some getting into, but you know, after the bomb dropped of "Oh damn, I'm out in public now," that like that, I'm I'm happy that you were able to uh, to come on the show. Um, I'm happy you uh, you're 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 more at ease now. And I I, I want to say a little thing to if there's anyone from uh, from uh, my my region the the MENA region the North Africa region and the Middle East if you're listening I'm really asking you to be safe and I'm asking you to to protect yourself and uh, set your priorities straight so uh, yeah if you if being yourself uh, as who as who you are as well uh, what you uh, what you want and you want to face the world with with uh, with uh, whoever you are then they yeah, do it and if it's not the case it's totally fine just feel safe and stay protected and be at ease that's it
Uh, I think that's uh, that's about t- that's about it for today's show. Thank you again so much for listening. If you want to support this show financially, you can do so through patreon.com slash queer sounds. There you can get some stickers, um, uh, access to the queer sounds discord. You can overrule uh, the guests by selecting the music for them. You can also get to take part in our fun little album of the week thing that we've got going on. If you don't want to support this show through your uh, hard-earned cash, that is okay. But you can also drop us a follow at Queer Sounds Pod on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. And that is completely free. You know what else is free? Telling a friend. Like, hey, I've got this cool new podcast. But hey, without any further ado, here is the last track of the day. The one, the only, Nicki Minaj, because, you know, we've talked about her so much, it's only right we also play one of her tracks. Um, Mehdi, do you want to do the honors and tell what track it's going to be? And now we're going to play the one and only, the queen of rap herself, Nicki Minaj, Pills and Potions. (laughs) All right, thanks for listening. See you next time. Cheers. So I pop pills for him, cop cribs in the hills on him.